1: Welcome back to another episode of the Packaday Podcast. You can get all your Packaday updates by following us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. Remember, you can always subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can check us out over at cheeseheadtv.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am joined by my co host, Andrew Mertig. Andrew, it's a Friday. We're excited to be back. How are you doing? Yeah,
2: it is really exciting. Kind of hard to believe. We will be two days away from a game. The next time we record, we're what nine nine days away right now. Um, it's getting real. It's getting very exciting. And this is episode eleven thirty six. And so if we keep up with the spirit of the jersey numbers thirty six, of course, very uh, you know legendary number in Green Bay Packer lore. You have the great Leroy Butler, Nick Collins, who I'd argue could have been the best safety the Packers has ever had. Had an injury not cut his career short. And of course, Ladarius Gunter.
1: Of course. Gunter. I really thought you were gonna toss in a Vernon Scott there as the next great to wear number 36, the future. He very he very well may be. But you know what's
2: weird, Kyle? What's weird? All week I've heard really, really great content from Packaday Podcast about roster building, right? Like Who's going to make the roster and who has made the roster and who's on the, uh, you know, practice squad and at the uh, trade like for a punter? <laughs> yeah. This is great. Right. Yeah. So this is normally our forte roster building. Exactly. I feel like it's kind of been talked
1: all over the place. So maybe we do something different today. Yeah, we do have kind of a weird, uh, I don't want to say dry spell. Nothing is ever boring when it comes to the NFL and the Green Bay Packers. But we are in between the height of roster cuts and the beginning of the NFL season. So we're just waiting uh, for things to really get started here. So like Andrew said, NFL season almost here. We are a week away from when. Really, the Packers and Saints will be playing next weekend, week one of the 2021 season. And a lot has happened over this last week with the cutdowns, Packers getting down to the 53. Andrew mentioned the trade for the punter. Uh, We also added a new long snapper to the practice squad yesterday. So this has been the excitement that we've had all week. Tons of fun. Uh, But our attention is starting to shift a little bit to real football that's going to take place next week when we get to face the New New Orleans saints. And one of Andrew and I's favorite things to do in the off season is to track how much teams change over the course of the off season. Sometimes as fans, we forget just how much an NFL team can morph from one season to the next. And I think that's exactly where this Saints team is right now. They're still a very, very talented roster, but they have a lot of changes in all areas of this roster coming into the season. And Andrew and I hit on a few of these changes earlier this summer in another show we did. Uh, But I'm going to have Andrew just give us a quick bird's eye view of this New Orleans roster and how it's changed over these months of the offseason.
2: Yeah, so the Saints actually were able to resign a few of their own free agents. And, um, you know, that that starts with uh, safety Marcus Williams, probably the highlight of of that class bring back. Of course, quarterback Jameis Winston, we'll talk a ton about as we go through the show, quarterback P.J. Williams, and the running back Ty Montgomery, familiar face. There you um, go. And they, they went out and signed tight end Nick Finette. That That's pretty much all of the people they kept and the new additions, right? Or at least the ones that we want to talk about. But who they lost, this list is exhausting, Kyle. I remember sweating through the show <laughs> uh, because I had to read this list. So, of course, quarterback Drew Brees retires. You They they lost safety DJ Swearinger, uh, linebacker Alex Anzalone, defense lineman Sheldon Rankins, edge Trey Hendricks and a big free agent. Uh, and then they had to cut cornerback Janoris Jenkins, wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders, linebacker Quan Alexander, who's actually back with the team. Um, but then Punter Thomas Moore said tight end Jared Cook, guard Nick Easton. That's a lot. And, <laughs> you know, I, I know that there were a few defensive Saints fans who kind of went at me on Twitter early in the offseason because I was poking fun at how their team was going to get decimated despite them, you know, saying, oh, well, the cap's not real. Well, it is real and they lost a ton of talent, but. The damage was relatively limited because Drew Brees did them a gigantic favor. Mm -hmm. He restructured his salary uh, or his contract, I should say, right before he retired, which actually saved them a bunch of money um, that would have been sort of delayed, deferred, and they, they would have had to make a lot more moves but they still lost a lot of talent, right? Like we know Sheldon Rankins, Trey Hendrickson. Those are guys that were really important for their defense. Ancelone and Swearinger were key contributors. You know, Janoris Jenkins was kind of bad, but Mm. he started. And then you look at the offense, right? Jared Cook, he's in uh, LA with the chargers, Emmanuel Sanders in Buffalo with the bills, Nick Easton. Those are, are are guys you can't live without, but Cook and Sanders thrive when the attention turned to Kamara and Michael Thomas and Who's going to take that pressure off? And and by the way, you know, the Saints lost a Hall of Fame quarterback, and then you go through this offseason, you know, you're, you're thinking maybe Taysom Hill has a chance to finally start and justify that gigantic contract they gave him. Uh, instead, we saw through <laughs> camp, you know, it ends up being Jameis Winston. So uh, it's interesting. It's a much different team. And so I, I, you know, that that's why I, I thought this week would be good to sort of reflect on what we talked about. I know some people are going to say, well, I, I saw that part of the show that you talked about this, or heard that part of the show where you talked about the Saints earlier in the offseason. But even if you did, we we only dedicated maybe five, seven minutes yeah. to talking about the Saints roster in their off season. and their offseason. And um there were a lot a lot more impactful things that happened along the and, way.
1: And we always do the off-season reviews of other teams kind of in order of the schedule order that we're going to play them in this fall. So the Saints were one of the earlier teams we talked about and just so much changed over the course of the season. And so much we talked about was certainly they will continue to address these needs, and some of them they just realistically weren't able to, and some of that was cap restraints because, as you said, the cap can be manipulated, but to say it's not real is just not the case. It's absolutely something that dictates what a team is and is not able to do. And one way that you try to get around the cap a little bit is to try to get younger, right, pay players who are just entering the league or guys who are our younger players and They did try to compensate for some of their losses through the NFL draft. Uh, they only had six selections, and I think they really overvalued someone like Peyton Turner, who they took in the first round, the defensive end, out of Houston. Uh, but I really like their additions of linebacker Pete Werner and corner Paulson Adebo, who we've talked about at nauseum here between the two of us throughout the course of the offseason and the draft. But uh, the rest of their class was Pretty forgettable when you really think about the influx of talent they needed to make up for who they lost. They took quarterback Ian Book uh, and offensive line Landon Young, who both really they have a long way to go before they're probably contributing to this team. And then Kawan Baker, the wide receiver they took in the seventh round out of South Alabama, was already released from this team earlier this week. So not a great start there for this class, but I do like the Werner and Adebo picks, as I mentioned.
2: Yeah, and of course, I loved Paulson and Debo um, probably about as much as anybody did uh, later in the draft season, but I I don't really like the value of any of their other picks. You know, Pete Warner, you and I saw a little bit differently. I think he could be fine in this defense. Um, Peyton Turner seemed like a huge reach, like you mentioned, and so... I I was confused about the direction they were headed with this draft. Um, I I will say the saints have a history of producing pretty good draft classes. Mm -hmm. Um, Certainly they had a two year stretch, which they probably drafted better than any other team in the league. I know that, you know, listening to the draft dudes, they had the saints as the best drafting team of the last 10 years. And I think a lot of that was sort of concentrated in a few years, but um, certainly they've done a good job. This one has me scratching my head a little bit, but Hey, mm-hmm. you know, some of those picks in the past did as well. And they turned out pretty well.
1: Yeah. And if they get, you know, contributions out of Pete Werner and, you know, if, if they're able to get Peyton Turner to turn out, it's funny. Cause you just hear in the lead up to the draft, there's always that buzz name at the end of the process that, uh, you know, someone like Daniel Jeremiah says he thinks he's going to get into round one. And it's just always what team is making him feel that way and clearly here the Saints were that team. And so uh, we'll see. Maybe he will turn out to be the next great pass rusher and we'll all look stupid. But um, obviously this stuff all happened relatively early in the offseason. Uh, but we did think it was worth getting you caught up on and up to speed uh, because of the change in this situation has kind of evolved over the offseason. But uh, things have continued to change for this team really recently. And that's why we wanted to kind of build this conversation in because this team continues to be one that is changing almost daily. We just got news this past week that Jameis Winston has been named the quarterback here. As we mentioned earlier, he beats out former Packer Taysom Hill. Uh, Andrew, what are your thoughts on Winston getting this starting job and how does that kind of feed into who we're going to be facing here in week one? Yeah, it's all
2: eaten W himself,
1: Jameis Winston. <laughs> Winston
2: doesn't get nearly the credit for being a cringy dude the way that like Russell Wilson does. And maybe it's because Winston hasn't had the same level of success, but he's a weird guy. Like the eating the W thing was it's weird. It's strange. <laughs> but one of my favorite things, shout out to my friend Jared, who's probably listening to this. We we had a good old laugh when the Buccaneers were on hard knocks, and Jameis Winston was just so happy to show the audience how. He grew up. He grew up in a challenging environment, and like sure. full credit to him. But uh, he was just so excited to show everybody that he used to drink out of a hose. Like <laughs> I, I don't know. Like he was just jacked about it. Like That's nobody really had ever seen before. So seems like kind of a strange fellow. But anyways, he's <laughs> you know probably best known around the league, if not for stealing crab legs in college, for going for thirty touchdowns and thirty interceptions in his last year with the Buccaneers. But you know, it is important to go back and remember, this is a guy who was drafted first overall in the draft, and he has always been just incredibly talented. His arm talent is insane. Uh, he's got really good movement skills. But the problem has always been his decision-making, both both on the field and off the field. And he's got a coach in Sean Payton who is staking his reputation on being able to fix the problems Jameis has had. So if Winston could just limit his turnovers to that like 10 to 15 range,
0: Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: It's funny. This is not a fantasy football podcast in the slightest, but it's funny when you talk about Jameis Winston, he's always that guy you can draft a little bit late that you know is going to post those crazy touchdown numbers. He's going to be productive. But at the same time, in a league where you're penalized for interceptions maybe a little bit more than normal if you've got some interesting scoring you always fade Jameis winston because you know you're going to give the interceptions to go along with it so we'll see if the new coaching staff there in new orleans uh, can help them work out some of those things but one of the interesting things that's going to come along with this and i think is big news tied to this Jameis winston decision is how it's going to open up things for alvin kamara uh, maybe i'm wrong but i am assuming that if Taysom Hill is your quarterback it would mean that defenses would play a little closer to the line and focus on preventing a scrambling quarterback and slowing down the running game and all those things that are kind of closer to the line of scrimmage but with Winston the deep ball is very much in play and probably significantly more dangerous than it would have been with Taysom so I think it forces you to respect that and maybe have a little bit you know, less guys creeping up into the box, which allows Kamara to do more, allows the Saints to be more creative in the ways that they feed him, since Alvin will be their most dynamic weapon on this offense. I think that goes without saying almost, and that's easier to say now that we kind of know Michael Thomas is going to be sidelined to start this season. Yeah, and good transition there. Uh, Yeah, speaking of trying to fill
2: the shoes left by Michael Thomas. You get Traquan Smith, who has been pretty productive so far early in his career, but he's currently battling injuries. And then you have Marquez Callaway, who is quickly becoming the league's fantasy football darling. So there's your fantasy football you for me, Kyle. <laughs> uh, Marquez Calloway. Uh, it would be bad enough if the Saints just didn't have Drew Brees. But now you have Jameis being asked to move forward with no Michael Thomas no Emmanuel Sanders, mm-hmm. and now even Adam Troutman, the tight end many thought was going to be a breakout candidate this year, also mm-hmm. battling injury. So, I mean, his weapons are very limited at this point.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was able to snag Marquez Callaway right after he scored one of those touchdowns in the preseason game in a slow draft. It just came up to my turn, and I said, ah, it's late, let's take a flyer on Callaway. And see This is exactly what here. people want to hear. Is your fantasy It is. Football I mean, updates. yeah, everybody, it's a good time. Send us your uh, your fantasy. I wish this was a a video podcast so so people could see the anger on my face. (laughs) It's like, shut up about... You're just mad because I took your players. That's what it is. All right, so let's not talk about fantasy football. Um, People talk about how this Saints offense is going to take a step back this year. And I do think that that's fair. Um, they're going to lose Breeze, right? You're talking about Hall of Fame quarterback, Michael Thomas. Even someone like Jared Cook, I think, has to factor into this equation. Uh, you're going to feel those losses. But if there's one thing that should not be overlooked, it's how good this Saints offensive line is, right? You've got Armstead, Pete, McCoy, Ruiz, Ryan Ramczyk. It's one of the most talented groups in the league. And Andrew mentioned the potential of the young wide receivers on this team. And then when you consider that this is the best offensive line that Winston has probably ever had, I think that that may even be an easy thing to say. And now he has Sean Payton helping with game plan and play design. It's it's still going to be a very, very good offense this year.
2: Yeah, that offensive line is just stellar. It, it's absolutely stacked all the way across all five starters. I think you would rival the Saints' offensive line with the Packers if Bakhtiari was healthy. I I, I think both of them are at that level. Of course, the Packers have the uncertainty of Josh Myers right now, um, and so you know you'd give the Saints a little bit of a leg up, but definitely two of the top units in the league. And uh, it's no surprise. Typically, the best offensive lines in the league slash the healthiest offensive lines in the league equal the best teams in the league um, and so you know let's flip over to the the defensive side of the football and and so this is a defense that you definitely like the stars jump off the page right cam Jordan mm-hmm. um, it if people don't recognize cam jordan as one of the best edges in the league they ought to like watch football a little bit differently okay. uh, this this guy gets slept on every single year and he just produces year after year after year super good demario davis quietly one of the best linebackers in the league uh marcus Lattimore, maybe a little bit overrated mm-hmm. in the cornerback ratings I, I i know last year he struggled quite a bit um, but definitely has that talent to be a, a shutdown corner. And then Marcus Williams that we talked about, the safety, mm. um, who, you know, after letting, was that Stefan Diggs get behind him in the playoff I think game? You're right. Which I'll yes. never, never really forgive him for. Um, <laughs> after that, he's, he's bounced back really nicely and had a, a really nice start to his career and just signed a nice free agent deal. Um, but after that, you know, it's sort of a big four and then like, ugh, like yikes, <laughs> what is going on here? So, question number one, can Marcus Davenport, who follows me on Twitter, by the way, uh, finally step up and become that player that the Saints gave up two first-round picks to go get? Um, he just hasn't been that guy. And part of it's been health, and part of it's been production. And so, re- he really needs to step up and, and fill that void opposite of Cam Jordan. Their defensive tackles are two guys. These are real human beings' names, Kyle. Okay, tell Shy, me. Tuttle, Mm. and Malcolm Roach. Doubt it. You made made those up. real human beings. (laughs) I did not make their names up, but I probably should have thrown a third one in and made you guess which one Mm. was real. They're the interior of that defensive line. Are you serious? Yeah. Tuttle and Roach. And his name is Shy. Shy Tuttle. That is an awesome Mm. name. But I don't know... If any of those players can play Uh, Quan Alexander is back, but he's coming off a rough couple of years and Caden Ellis is the other linebacker. I've never heard of Caden Ellis in my life. Uh, And as somebody who follows the draft very closely, that's disturbing. Uh, Ken Crawley is going to be their opposite corner of Lattimore. Malcolm Jenkins is the other safety, but like kid, we really rely on this guy to continue to play. He's in his late thirties at this point. Um, They do, so that was their starters. But, of course, we know Nickelback is, is pretty much a starter in this league. They do have a really good one, uh, sort of a third safety Nickelback. That's C.J. Gardner-Johnson, one of the best in the league. But this defense has a lot of perceived holes, which could mean a really big game for the Packers. Secondary targets like MBS and Tunyon. I would also point out that, you know, the Saints were kind of forced in this, right? Like they had to cut a lot of talent let a lot of talent leave. But this is sort of the Rams philosophy, right? Like a few yeah, stars yeah, right. and then everybody else is just filler. Mm-hmm. And, and they try to train those guys up to play as best as possible. So we will see how that works out for them. But I would expect Aaron Rodgers to identify some really inexperienced players and go at them. I would also expect the Packers to concentrate knowing that the interior of the Saints defense might be a little bit of a weakness and try to really run the ball up the gut.
1: Maybe we see a little bit of A.J. Dillon going at him. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, as you talk about this, I mean, so we're going to talk about Key matchups and X-Factors next week. That's our deal, and we're excited to jump into it. So we won't get too far into this, but you're right. You mentioned it. MVS is the first name that I I thought of as you were going through this. That There's just not going to be maybe a second corner uh, that you're going to feel like they can't exploit a little bit. So we'll save that conversation for next week. Is going to be a lot of fun to get into that as we get to talk about a real football game that's happening here really soon. But did you know, Andrew, did you know that the Saints don't currently have a kicker did you know this like like at all like they yeah i mean it's not that they don't have a good kicker it's that they do not have one on their roster that is pretty
2: incredible i know the lions cut both their kickers but at least they signed somebody new what yeah what are are they do they have a plan i I, i'm honestly learning this fresh like you you had something about kicker on the script, but I have no idea what you're talking I am,
1: about. I'm I am going to explain this to you the best that I understand it, which I do not. So that's uh, maybe not good. But Will Lutz is out. He's expected to be back later in the season, but he's not expected to be cleared for the first couple of weeks of the season. So New Orleans had a kicker. Aldrich Rosas? If I got Rojas. That right. Oh. Rojas. Uh, that would be a typo on my fault there. <laughs> <laughs> Aldrick Rojas, that makes more sense in camp. Uh, But they did just cut him, right? And the Saints beat writers do expect that Rojas may be brought back to kick for a couple of weeks here to start the season. Uh, But they they just kind of needed that roster spot at cutdowns, and they're just kind of swinging some things around. They expect that maybe he'll be back. But otherwise, they are still without a kicker. So I also think that this is interesting, Andrew. I saw this nugget today. Taysom Hill was the Saints' emergency kicker last year. The guy can do everything, huh? Right, right. I mean, how do the Packers let this guy out the door,
2: honestly? Yeah, for like $16 million a year, <laughs> he should be able to kick.
1: Right.
2: <laughs> so, so we'll see if they sign a kicker before next week. Otherwise, that could get real interesting real fast. Um, and then the final thing that we kind of wanted to talk about, and I, I know this, this has been uh, on topic for a couple of other shows already, but... Just the impact of playing in Jacksonville, and obviously, like first and foremost, we're thinking about the people in New Orleans, but there is the game aspect of this. I I know Jacksonville was selected largely by the Saints because it would be slightly harder to go for Packer fans, but we know Packer fans are going to travel well. Plus, flip side of this, Florida has a whole bunch of Packer fans to begin with, right? A lot of retirees that move there. Maybe some bandwagon fans. Also, uh, packaged podcast, very own Sarah Kelleher. Uh, so, you know, this seems like a crowd that should be somewhere in the neighborhood of 70, 30, maybe. Yeah. And they're not playing in the dome and they're not going to have to deal with all of that crowd noise that, mm. that, uh, the Saints have there. So I'd say this is a colossal advantage for Green Bay.
1: Yeah. This is really exciting. Just that, like, I mean, obviously this is, uh, Way low on the priority list compared to everything that's happening in Louisiana. But for the football side of this, like you can't imagine a scenario that gives them a little bit more of a leg up than what will be a minimum, a neutral site for this opening game. in otherwise, what would be, you know, a hostile environment there in New Orleans. So kind of fun, kind of weird uh, that they're starting this game here in Jacksonville. Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
2: So we're going to have a pretty quick show today. Uh, that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Pack Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit, and you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe and consider giving us a five-star rating. You can catch Kyle and myself every single Friday. Next week, we will be back getting you ready for the regular season opener. It's crazy, but I am so excited. Thank you so much for sticking with us this offseason. It has been a pleasure to try to bring you content during what was kind of an emotional time, kind of a boring time at times. <laughs> and we tried our best to come up with really interesting content. But hey, football is back, and we could not be more excited. And again, thank you so much for listening. And as always, remember. Whoa.